You never did find the princess, did you? It Probably was that the bitch last. Is another castle. I know how to sail a ship. I don't need to know what the hell I'm killing. I still love listening to that intro music. It is some top-notch stuff. Hi, everybody. It's your GM, Alex. Back from the dead to record the first intro in about, uh, like, two years. Uh, how's everybody doing? It's been a crazy time, hasn't it? Well, hopefully everybody's doing good out there. Let's just keep fighting the good fight. In the meantime, why don't you do yourself a favor and go over to DragonHideDiceCo.com who we have a new partnership with. They sell some pretty awesome dice sets. They're all like those sturdy, heavy dice that you can you can really roll the thunder with them. They've got some really cool designs. You've got cobalt and gold, ancient iron hide, dark arts and gold, deep hide and gold, deep hide and platinum. They're just really sharp contrasting colors with the with the ridges on the dice and the numbers with a negative space on each dice face. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, go on over, check it out. Anything that looks good to you, if you're so inclined, use the coupon code SCORPION at checkout. Get yourself a little discount, courtesy of yours truly. Besides that, you can... Head on over to our Discord server. I promise you will love it there. The community that we have on our Discord server is unlike any other I've seen. It is just a bunch of really cool people talking about Pathfinder, talking about the podcast, talking about all sorts of stuff, and it's just a great, positive environment. Really, it is so rewarding. Uh, it's it's the It's the greatest decision we've made since starting the podcast in my opinion to start that discord server you guys our listeners are just the best speaking of second best if you want to do us a favor you can head on over to our patreon account uh maybe uh throw us a little bone throw us a throw us a dollar throw us five dollars it's up to you we got some uh nifty tiers with some nifty rewards you want to listen to the episodes a little early want to listen to tuesday gaming on tuesdays but at the end of the day, it's up to you. Anything you can spare. Even if you just want to follow us on Patreon. Or you can go onto iTunes. Leave us a review. That helps us a lot because it helps other people find us. Because everybody's spending a lot of time home. They got to find ways to entertain themselves. They go on iTunes. They're like, oh, what podcast can I listen to? The more people that leave reviews for us on iTunes, the more iTunes says, hey, you're looking for podcasts? Check out Swiss Army Scorpion. That adds to the community that I'm talking about on Discord. And it helps you guys just find find awesome people to talk with anyway that's enough jabbering from me please enjoy episode 103 dream stepping pooch cooch welcome back to tuesday gaming we are swiss army scorpion so we left off last time uh in the middle of leon's dream and also in a cliffhanger leon you step outside the officer's quarters and you see a woman uh dark skin dreadlocks and a hook hand she's leaning against the railing on the starboard side and she's looking at you and the the air itself is is excessively bright there's a sourceless light lighting up everything and there's all these like grainy textures in the air what do you do do i recognize her you do not is there anybody else up here with me and her no in fact when you look around uh, at first, you're looking for other members of your crew, and you don't see anybody. But then your your eyes kind of adjust to your surroundings, and you realize that you don't see the ocean anywhere. It's as if you're just kind of on your ship, and the ship is floating in this bright white space. Uh, I'm going to approach the mysterious woman. Hello. She says, good evening. Leon, right? Yes. I've heard a lot about you, but mostly your captain. I've been learning everything I can about the rest of his crew. But you, you you've been particularly easy to, to watch. Did you know that you have tiny little ethereal tears 
all around you. And she's kind of like pointing to several places like around your head, around your, your waist. I, I think I know what you mean. It seems that the spiritual world is easy for me to see into, or it comes to me. I don't know if maybe that's what you see. She shrugs, says, I don't know anything about that, but I've been watching you the last couple days now, trying to learn what I can. And I don't know, I didn't, I didn't expect you to be so dark, Leon. I don't think I'm a very dark person. Well, you've been doing everything you can to make up for it, I guess. Does Cheryl know? No. I guess I need to ask you something. Do you want to tell him, or do you want me to tell him? Why would you tell him? She kind of like leans, like leans back a little bit, gets into a more comfortable position. She like looks out at the at the void. Um, for shits to disorganize you. <laughs> Good luck. And I'm gonna turn and start walking away. Oh, she calls back. You never did find the princess, did you? No, I didn't. But everybody makes mistakes. I'm sure you're going to find yours soon enough. She says, I've made some mistakes, but that's why I'm being super thorough right now. My name's Adelita Doloruso. I, I stare at her and wait for her to say more. I'm not, I don't, I'm trying to show very little on my face to her. So you're staring at her and she's staring back at you. She stands straight up out of her leaning position, crosses her arms. She says, I thought you were more talkative than this. To those who extend the appropriate courtesy, yes, I can be very talkative. But you have done the opposite. You've come barging into what I assume is my dreams, with plans of stirring up the pot. What else would I have to say? I have other things on my mind now. So if you would like to continue talking to my face, that's fine, but I'd like to go back to sleep. She sighs and goes, Wow, you... I took you as someone who could play the game, but okay, if that's the way you want to play it, I'll excuse myself to your subconscious. Have a good one. You open the door to go back into the officer's quarters, and instead of the cabin that you're expecting to see, there's a completely different scene going on on the other side of the door, and you're kind of forced through the other way to the other side. You hear a merry strumming of music swimming through the hypnotic fumes of roast pork and apple strudel. Several young men can be seen dancing a high-step jig with beautiful partners before a stage from which the music is coming from, as several musicians happily play off the audience. Children run about playing several yards away from a long table, which has been lavished with delicious-looking food over a handsome red and gold tablecloth. Throughout the grassy clearing, you can see a multitude of smaller wooden tables encircled by a dozen wooden chairs each. The wooden furniture all looks to be of excellent quality and craftsmanship, Many chairs are occupied by chattering partygoers. Suddenly the music stops as a rather corpulent man steps up to the stage with a very petite woman. The husband and wife look awkward next to each other, but all the same smile out at the crowd as they hold each other with genuine love and affection. The dancers and children quickly find their seats as everyone sits in hushed attentiveness at the pending announcement. The large man clears his throat. <clears throat> Thank you all for coming. It's with great pride that our mill remains such a prosperous staple of this community. This has been another fruitful year, as you can see from our hearty feast. He gestures generously toward the large table. We're not just growing over the years, we're learning. This year we made sure there was enough mead that we won't need to chase horse away from the kegs. He pauses as the crowd laughs and turns to a muscular man, whose rosy cheeks can already be seen through his large beard. The speaker waits for the laughter to die down while sending horse a wide smile who waves sheepishly to the crowd around him. Before we dig into the fruits of our labor, though, I have a very important announcement, one that makes this year's Harvest Festival even greater still. The crowd stirs in the silence following the statement. The speaker and his wife exchange warm smiles before he again addresses the audience. As many of you know, my son has come of age this year. He's proven himself a quick learner like his mother, with an appreciation for the finer things like his father. He punctuates the statement with a hand on his large belly to laughter from the crowd. It's with great excitement and pride that I announce today that following a two-year waning period, my son Cheryl will take the reins of the Twinsaw Lumber Mill. Get up here, my boy! While the crowd cheers, you see a young Cheryl hurry up to the stage, grinning ear to ear. He stands next to his parents, and there's no question that this short, fat, if handsome boy is the offspring of the man and woman on the stage, sporting both parents' most outstanding physical traits. 
As humorous as the sight is, it's also quite sweet. A shriek cuts through the cheering. The mill! The cheering stops altogether as more screams and shouts call across the grassy clearing. Cheryl and his family spin around, and you can all see thick black smoke rising over the tree line. The scene cuts to a large study, with a nearly fallen sun casting dim light through a large window. Books line three of the study's four walls, with the fourth covered in large maps of various countries and regions, all covered in pins and labels. Candles add to the fading light from outside, and we can see a younger Leon as he stands over a sturdy table, flipping through a large atlas while also skimming through the pages of an old book, eyes sunken and, blood and bloodshot. A low buzzing sound makes Leon jump. As the buzzing continues, he takes a breath, rubs the fatigue from his eyes, and turns to face the window. His eyebrows jump as he sees the final sliver of sun disappearing behind the distant mountains, seemingly surprised at how late it is. Finally, he holds his hand up to eye level, and you can see a ring on his finger that you've never seen him wear, depicting a single eye with a crown above it. Leon presses a finger to the ring, and the buzzing stops. Yes? A voice that no one but Leon would recognize can be heard from the topaz stone atop the ring. Good evening, Leon. Um, is this a bad time? Leon steals a glance at the atlas, and then to the wall of pin maps. No, it's fine. Is there a problem? Actually, I need to report a breach. Leon cranes his head back in exasperation, but then rolls the movement into a neck stretch, as he closes his eyes in frustration. <clears throat> and you're, you're reporting it to me because... It was your assignment, the Twinsaw Lumber Mill. The Twinsaw? Leon's eyes snap open as he looks at his ring in disgust. Who did we have in the field for that one? Zachariah. Did you talk to him? No, he's dead. Leon stares at the ring in disbelief. Apparently the sun found him out and killed him. We're still not sure in which order. You can see Leon's memory jogging behind his eyes. The sun. Uh, Cheryl, right? So how much does he know? It's hard to say for sure, but it looks like he's only aware of the conspiracy behind the mill burning. Not any names or motives. Relief quickly flashes across Leon's face before returning to annoyance. Okay, look, I'm trying to help find a missing princess on the other side of the world right now. This sounds like a circumstantial breach, and this Cheryl guy is obviously violent, so let's just keep our distance. Leon hovers his finger over the ring, preparing to end the communication, but he could be placated. It's likely he just wants his family's wealth back. The White Wall Mill has already taken over, so Casimir is secure. Do you want me to process a loss corrections order? Leon's hands squeeze into fists of aggravation, and he sends an impatient look back toward the large atlas on the table. No. Right now, he has no resources to find us. We should keep it that way. Is there anything else? There's a short pause, then. No, that's all. Leon presses his finger to the ring, and silence returns to the study. He turns to the large window, which now shows blackness in the absence of the setting sun. We cut to the grounds outside the study, and we see Leon through the window as he approaches it. With a quick motion, he closes the curtains, disappearing from sight, and Leon wakes up. So it is the next day. I and... have to go find me a Devoth. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure you find Devoth somewhere around here. Devoth. Yes, Leon, what is it? Just more of the same, you know, letting you know when things are going really bad before you find out down the line. That sort of thing. Oh, more bad news. Did you... Okay. Yeah. I was visited in my sleep. It seems that somebody has found a way to break into my subconscious when I sleep. Um, somebody you might know. Adelita Dolorusso, the first mate of Barnabas Harrigan. Uh, name doesn't really ring much of a bell. She wasn't there when we were there. She's trying to pry us for information. They're looking for weakness. They are planning to strike us. They're attempting to sow discord. We do need to start solving this now. I cannot stress how important it is that we start now. Well, what do you think we've been doing? You've got you've been reading through the journal. You know we have more information now about Harrigan. We know at least what his stronghold looks like, if not exactly where it is. And we know he's been building up an armada, so now we know what we need to do. To fight them, we need we need enough allies and enough ships to be able to match him in the open water and in an open fight. Right now, unfortunately, we can't, even though we have rank him. I think we need to be prepared for more than just an open fight. How do you mean? The fact that they would show their hand to this level in 
prying and poking and tearing and revealing themselves to me in my dreams says that they already have what they need. I'm worried that we are already doomed. Do you think they would strike a shark bane? Do you think they would do that so openly and brazenly? I don't know if it's in their capabilities, but I, I've been told I fear the worst. But right now, the worst is going to get a lot more people than just me into some trouble, and I don't want that. I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know what to do now. Well, until we know more, we're just going to have to, uh, I guess, stick with the plan and keep keep an eye out. Uh, we should probably send Sendera a warning and keep Knuckles apprised of what's going on. Other than that, we're not in any position to really strike first at the moment, unfortunately. Leon, I would like you to make a spellcraft check. Yeah, dog. 27. You you give us some thought, and you know the spell that Adelita used to contact you. It's called Dream Travel. It's a little similar to scrying, except it doesn't actually count as a scrying effect, so protection from scrying doesn't help you. You enter the dimension of dreams, uh, and you basically travel to the dream of the person that you want to and it's got a varied level of success based on how familiar you are with the target she's never met you so she can't be super familiar with you but you do remember her saying something like you have ethereal tears all around you now give me a knowledge planes check 30 all right so you know that the dimension of dreams is a It's not its own plane of existence. It actually exists inside the ethereal plane. The ethereal plane is a transitive plane that overlaps the material plane, which is the plane that you guys live on, with basically every other, several other planes of existence. To to give you a crash course, you've got the inner planes and the outer planes. The outer planes are where, like, the gods live, essentially. It's like where you've got heaven and hell, the abyss... Phrasma's boneyard, stuff like that. The inner planes are all the like it's like the el- the elemental planes of fire, water, air, earth, the material plane, and several others. So the ethereal plane overlaps all of the inner planes. The ethereal plane is also known as the spirit realm because when a creature dies, at least as long as they die on an inner plane, uh, their spirit uses the ethereal plane to travel to the outer planes where they reach Phrasma's court and they get judged and get put to a plane of the the plane that their their souls belong etc cetera, etc cetera. but the important thing the thing that isn't that is relevant here is you know that your curse has you haunted and you've been constantly puzzled why and how this is happening uh, Adelita was able to find you because in the dimension of dreams, which is in the ethereal plane, she was able to squeeze through some of those ethereal tears and find you more easier. But this could also have something to do with why you're constantly seeing these specters around. They could be leaking out of these tears uh, and then back in uh, as they're you know on their way to the great beyond. Okay, Devoth. Yes? I did have another thought. So... Adelaide used dream travel, which essentially t- uses the ethereal plane. And she had acts, or maybe accidentally, she had mentioned that it was easier to find me because of little tears. Now, the ethereal plane is also known as this spirit realm. And as you know, I do see spirits. This might be the tears. She might have crawled through one of those tears with the spell. Because you have to know the person relatively well to use the spell effectively. And yet, she doesn't know me at all. Is there any way we can close up these tears? GM, do I have any what? ideas? Dream travel is supposed to be a very imprecise spell. Uh, even once you get into the dimension of dreams, it's not easy to pinpoint you know, who who you're looking for. And once you get there, it can be very easy to get lost and, you know, not really even be able to interact with the person. So, yeah, normally, if you want to stop somebody from scrying on you, there's very obvious spells to uh, facilitate that. But since this doesn't count as a scrying spell, it's a much trickier thing to to guard against. And uh, so your ethereal tears helped her find you better when she didn't really know you. She just knew of you. 
But now that she's met you in person, you know it's going to be much easier for her to find you in the future, ethereal terrors or not. The so the, yeah, the the more time she spends spying on you at this point, the easier it's going to be for her to continue spying on you. Here's something that you do know about the spell dream travel. Once you're aware that somebody is spying on you like this, you can wake up. You can force yourself to wake up. Doing so ends the spell on her end, and she would essentially also wake up where wherever she was when she cast it. But if you will it, you can have her appear within one mile of you when you wake up. This is supposed to act as a like a friendly facilitating feature of the spell, but mm-hmm. you could use it like offensively to get her like on the mascador when you wake up or just make her land like in the open ocean nearby. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> right. I, I, so I turned it off and I go, Devoth, I've got an idea. We can trap her with this spell. Oh, really? Go on. Yes. Now that I'm aware that she can do that as well. If I sense her presence while sleeping, I can force myself awake. That'll shunt her out of my dreams, but even better, it will force her physical body within a mile of me. So if we take the boat a couple miles out in the sea, she really won't have a lot of options where else she can appear. How do we know when she'll contact you again? We won't. That's We need to find a way to set a trap, and we need to find... We need to have people who are aware that it could happen. So some, so uh, a rotation of guards, maybe somebody who's watching me to see if I start acting weird in my sleep, or you know, a person on each floor of the ship to keep an eye on when it happens. It might have to be every night. I have no idea when she's going to come back. I I, I left her in uh, with some pretty cold words. We didn't have much of a conversation, and it looks like she wanted to play a game as she put. I'm thinking she's going to come back. All right. Well, we need to. Figure something out. Um, why don't you go talk to Scram and see if you guys can figure something out? I'd rather not be near him at the moment, but he could help you figure this out. That's good advice. Thank you. All right. So what do you do? I'm gonna go find Scram. All right. Scram. You find him. Uh, I'm over on the other ship. Oh, that would make sense, actually. Oh, that's right. I don't find Scram. I'm assuming our, our... every now and again, like. You know, Scram might pop over onto the Mascador like every other day to like just dimension door over just to see if there's like any news or anything. So he might pop over. All right. Well, let's say he does. Scram pops over. Hi, Scram. How's it going, Leon? Not too great. The vault sent me. You're not in trouble. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm in trouble. Well, I guess we're all in trouble anyway. Long story short, I don't know if you've ever heard of the spell uh, Dream Travel, but Barnabas Harrigan's first mate uh, used it and gained access to me and definitely visited my dreams last night on our ship. Uh, I'm going to roll a spellcraft just to see what I know. Sure. 26. Yeah, you you know Dream Travel and you, you would know all the, the functions of it that I've already listed. Okay, that's interesting. Um, have you uh, come up with... Uh, have you come up with any solutions? I th- I think you can actually, uh, y- you can throw her out of the dream, if not, like, one mile away from here. Yeah, um, so that's, that's, I, I left off with Devoth at that point. He requested that I talk to you to see if we can come up with a, a plan. Essentially, what I think we should do is use bodies. We have plenty of bodies on the ships, people watching each floor of our vessel. We take the Vascador out a couple miles, make sure we're away from other boats, so there's nowhere else the person can land, and then unfortunately wait for her to show up. I think we're going to need you. You you have to be there. We need somebody who can stop her from traveling, and I'm fairly certain you can. You're, that's what your chain does, right? My chain of perdition doesn't prevent the person from traveling. It just binds them up. It's not like an uh, it doesn't stop them from using like arcane stuff or stop them from leaving. Mm. Uh, I think you would need a dimensional anchor for that. Yes, that's the spell we would need. I, I believe that we're heading to port soon. We could probably pick up a scroll of that and I can uh, learn it. it. As for your fears, uh, I see another potential issue. 
it's not just going to be this boat that's affected. It's going to be all four. I don't think we have enough manpower to actually view all holds at all times. Well, no, we have the other boats more than a mile away from us. Well, what if they do it tomorrow? We're still going to be sailing and these ships are going to be right behind us. Right. So we need to get a mile away from them. I mean, you, it sounds like you're going to have to plan that out with Devoth about cutting the other ships loose. Uh, I don't think he's going to be too happy hearing that. Uh, the other potential is that we wait until after we uh, after we dock and then do so. Mm. Until we have enough crew to actually do said things. I mean, unless if you want to be the one to tell Devoth cutting ropes is our best way. I don't think he's going to be too happy hearing it from me or hearing anything from me right now. I'll go talk to Devoth. All right, I'm going to go back to Devoth. Devoth? Uh, yes, Leon? I know. I know. I talked to Scram and he brought up a good point. We are hauling other boats with us. This person could show up on any of those boats. If they come back tonight, they could just show up on a boat, any boat. We wouldn't be able to find them. Well, you may just have to stall her for a few days till we can get these boats back to Sharkbane. We really need to build up a fleet here if we're going to, to compete with Harrigan, with or without his first mate. If we can get rid of her, that's great, but I think these boats are the priority right now. I think I can actually work with that. So FYI, you guys are on day three of four in your four-day trip back to Sharkbane Island. I think I can stall. I could, I could continue to not let on that I know how to shunt her out of my dreams. And if I start, if she comes back and I play into her game a little, as she put it, and get a little chatty, I might be able to keep her coming back, especially if she thinks she's getting to it. All right. Well, yeah, see if you can stall her for a bit, and that'll give us time to, to prep something. I won't bother you again. <laughs> I'd rather you bother me than have, have it sneak up on me when I don't need it, you know? Uh, another thing. <laughs> of course. I know you don't want to hear this, but you really need to go and make this up with Scram. Because I don't like playing the middle man. It's a little tense on the ship. I, you, you have every right to be this mad at him, but for the sake of the crew, maybe you can stifle your anger a little bit. Not trying to step on your toes, I understand. Just, I try to keep the peace if I can. I'll take it under consideration. Honestly, I expect it to be thrown overboard, so that's good enough for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> D Devoth actually like kind of chuckles as you're leaving. <laughs> All right, so that day ends, and Leon, you wake up the next day, and you don't remember having any unusual dreams last night. Either Adelita just didn't; she took either she took a night off, or she did what she said she was going to do and she's you know more in your subconscious now or maybe she's wise to your plan and she's backing off you're not you don't know but she did not uh she she didn't reveal herself to you and you didn't have any spooky balloon dreams so you guys around midday uh arrive back at Sharkspain Island for boats richer huzzah all right fabricating scram well, I'm mostly going to get set uh, Aaron Ivy on this one because we are heading to Quent to gather some information and, uh, you know, get crew for the new ships. Meanwhile, I was using uh, Make Hole on the ship that I was currently on to kind of just up the HP and, you know, I was thinking like, yeah, yeah. Patch it up as much as you can. Yeah. Yep. That's good. So how many second level spells per day can you cast? I can do six. Okay, so uh, assuming you just went for broke on make holes during this trip, I don't have a lot uh, of been... I don't have a lot of like attacky spells uh, except for flaming spears. So yeah, I could definitely dedicate level two spells to that. All right, so that would have gotten you to thirty d six of healing per day times four. You're at one hundred and twenty d six. The ship is definitely looking much better. I got up a couple of sails. I got, you know, this, that. You know, there, there's still a little structural damage to worry about, but the ship is in better shape than you've seen. You, you've, you've seen other ships coming back to port looking worse than how this ship is looking right now. So you're back at Sharkspain Island. What's the plan now? 
plan now is we set Aaron Ivy to fixing up the four ships that we just brought in, and then we turn right back around and sail off to Quent. Do we uh, take the ship? Yeah, we were going to take working on to load up extra crew. Yeah, that's what the original plan we'll sail was. Sail back with the skeleton crew. I mean, we need no, some, like it, 120 still... crew members. Yeah, but our our ship can hold a lot of people, especially just for a quick trip from like Quent back to Sharkbane. Like we can, and we can do a couple of trips. But I'd rather leave it here because it's not. It's looking better, but it's still not like you know anything impressive. We're trying to entice people to to like join our ships and stuff. If we show up if we show up with like here staff our you know piece of shit hand me down. Yeah, but didn't you just hear <laughs> Axel? He said it looks better showing up to port. We've seen worse ships showing up to port than this is. Now Not to care. mention, Scram can get another 60d6 healed by the time you guys get back to... Well, it's it's midday. It'd probably be more like... It'd, be, it'd still be 30d6, another 30d6 healed onto the, the ship by the time you actually get to Quent. All right, yeah, let's, uh, let's take it with us then. We'll... You know, yeah, just same deal. We'll have the skeleton crew manning it to get us to Quint. I'll put a couple of third level spells in there as well. Just a, what do you mean? Uh, can I prepare it at third level? No. Oh, okay. If you had like a maximized or like an empowered meta magic feat, you could do that, like prepare it at a higher level and cast it that way. Okay. But I don't think you have either of those or anything like that. You have aquatic, which isn't going to help. I didn't know you. I think that. aquatic would help. Yeah, Aquatic would drop it down it, to second level. All right, yeah, it wouldn't change the mechanics of the spell at all, but it would give yeah. you more spell slots with which to prepare make whole. Yeah, so I'll I'll do that. Uh, I'll do that three times during a day. All right, so that's forty-five d six, another one hundred thirty-nine damage healed. So it's looking good. All right, all right. So you guys arrive at Quent. What's the plan? All right, so we have a total of 10 points of plunder. One of that is now going to the crew to pay them. And uh, I'm okay with sitting on the rest of it for now, since none of us really seem to have light pockets. Yeah, stack uh, that plunder, baby. (laughs) We can always sell it off later, but we should focus our efforts on uh, infamy and staffing the ship. Mm -hmm. Well, getting as much crew as possible. Okay. Uh, and I would like to, uh, buy that scroll, Alex, uh, the one in email. Yeah, you find that, no problem. Okay. And you're also looking for Dimensional Anchor? Yes, I will look for Dimensional Anchor. Uh, it's a fourth level spell. Fourth level scroll is 700 gold. Okay. Dimensional Anchor is, uh, Abjuration. Isn't that a, uh... Oh. Isn't that a problem, Scram? Yeah, that is a problem. I will add that it is also a third level Inquisitor spell. Oh, oh! I'll still, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy one. Uh, uh, I'm gonna buy one anyway. Uh, if I buy one for myself, would Cheryl be able to put it into his book? No, because it's an arcane scroll, and also <laughs> once you scribe a scroll into a spell book, the scroll is used up. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, can he use it? Uh, if I buy it as a wizard. Uh, as a wizard spell. No, you have to buy I it. don't think he can scribe it into his holy book, but he could he would he would need to make a couple like caster level checks since it's an uh, arcane okay. scroll, not a divine scroll, but he could use it as a scroll. So do I buy it as divine? Uh, I'll buy it as a wizard. Alright. Yeah. You can buy two. That's a lot of money. I don't know how much gold I actually have uh right now because I don't have my sheet. Matt, can you uh look at my sheet? Uh, I bet you it's a fuck ton. What would you be spending it on? All right, Scram. I'm not even sure if this is a number. <laughs> <laughs> Can you that much? Huh? I'm going to take a picture of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a stone tablet. You don't need to chisel your numbers into it, buddy. <laughs> Did you write that in pen? <laughs> oh, that explains it. It is in pen. You fuckwad. Scram. It looks like a freaking psychopath <laughs> wrote that. Like. Like, he dreamt about those numbers and scrawled it into the wall in his cell. <laughs> the numbers, they mean something. Numbers. Got, it's got a bunch of pins on the wall with strings connecting them. <laughs> oh, okay, that's 15,000. All right. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> there it is. Of course it is. All those extra numbers don't matter. It's 15,000. It's 15,800 and 310. 
Did I tell you guys I took the numbers off my dice for luck? <laughs> but don't worry, I I know which ones they are. I, re- I remember which side is which. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, in that case, then I yeah, I'll buy I'll buy a second one in uh divine. Matt, subtract Wait, Ted, Tom, you, you can afford it. Look at all that money. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all that theoretical money. <laughs> I did subtract uh, seven thousand from it before, uh, so I, I, I'm doing the math on it all right now. Yeah. All right. So, are you guys are you guys doing infamy and recruiting, or are you going to talk to Tessa? Well, would they be happening simultaneously? I don't know. What do you got? What is what is the plan? You could you some of you could go talk to Tessa while someone else did some infamy checks or did a infamy check. Yeah, we can we can. To pay Tessa a visit before we start, you know, taking people out of her town to staff our ships. <laughs> All right, so you go to Tessa's place, and she's got some guards outside who spot you. And uh, when you approach, guard holds a hand out, and he says, "He says, one moment, please, uh, Lord Devoth." And the other guard will go inside, uh, presumably to announce you. A minute goes by, and the the guard returns he says you may enter give him a nod and a motion for uh was it leon and ivan that are with us or did everyone come uh i'm definitely I... coming i'm not gonna miss this a chance for food cheryl's there <laughs> <laughs> he does like the right. finer things like his father <laughs> that's true presumably everybody's there so you go in and you find tessa in uh her study she's She's already waiting for you. She's sitting in a very comfortable-looking chair, and you enter the room, and she smiles and says, What a pleasant surprise, Captain Devoth. I didn't know you'd be dropping by. Please, have a seat. Uh, thank you, Captain. And I'll, you know, take a seat and motion for, I guess, the the crew with me to join. I stand and fold my arms menacingly. <laughs> <laughs> she says, So how's... How's life as a pirate lord treating you, Captain Devoth? Um, eh? Is that, yeah, but eh? On a good note, we found out what happened to Skag's Rockrim. Oh, the bounty. Yeah, do tell. Uh, well, apparently he's, uh, you know, floating somewhere at the bottom of Dagon's gullet. But uh, we did find his ship. Yeah, that's mine now. She, She's kind of like... Like kind of like half listening, like playing with her nails while you're talking, and she she stops and looks at you. She goes, "You guys went to Dagon's Jaws?" Yeah. Oh well, don't make a big deal out of it or anything. It's not like it's it's not like it's famous for swallowing ship after ship. Yeah. Well, it's not that big a deal when you've got the skills to handle it. She rolls her eyes, but like also, but also uh, s- sends you a, a a nod and a grin. He goes, of course, of course. So what So what did you find? Well, we found some of his crew that had made it to land on one of the, one of the jaws. And uh, they had a bunch of these weird zombie things. And I'd like, kind of like snap my fingers and point to Leon. What were they called again? Uh, Diplodocus. <laughs> bright. Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so close, but so, so wrong. <laughs> Brachylocus. Brachylocus. <laughs> it was really close, but also really funny. It was Brachylocus. Yeah, those things. Um, I guess they have this thing where anyone they kill rises as this weird like water zombie after a few days. And uh, yeah, so we had to kill a few of those. And, and then apparently they had been taking some ships. So we found like four of them in a cave. At the gullet, so, uh, yeah, I got some new ships and, uh, got some information about Harrigan. Information about Harrigan? She, and she seems a little, uh, confused why, why you'd bring that up. If, like, does she actually ask me, like, why would you bring that up, or does she just, like, look confused? She, yeah, well, she, she looks like, she looks a little confused, and she says, information on Barnabas Harrigan. Oh, well, uh, I'm sure you know this, but, uh, my pirating career got started on his ship unwittingly uh yes i i did know that uh so should i take that to mean you're 
making plans to move against him. I'm not sure how much of the story you're aware of, but uh, the the Mascador was a ship that was captured by, I mean, ourselves when we were fairly new to Harrigan's crew. And uh, apparently Harrigan put his first mate in charge of it and was supposed to sail it back to port to sell. But he betrayed Harrigan, was going to take it for himself. And then he made the mistake of trying to kill myself and Scram over there. Well, Scram, because she knows who he is, but he's not here. Um, she she, uh, she kind of like bows her head a little bit with a grin and says, Mr. Plug, right? The very same. I haven't forgotten your, your little uh, heckle at the council meeting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. But yeah, he made the mistake of trying to kill myself and Scram, among a few others, and... Yes, we know how that turned out for him, and then I've got the ship now, and the rest is history. But uh, I have to think that Harrigan, despite my fast rise through the ranks here, I have to assume he's going to want some kind of payback. So, information is helpful. She she nods her head uh, thoughtfully and says, Barnabas Harrigan's been a free captain for quite a while, and... Few officers have left his employ and remained living for very long. I was starting to think Skaggs was uh, going to break the mold, but it would seem that he has now joined the statistic. Of course, uh, you weren't officers when you left him, but I doubt very much that that matters uh, to him right now. I'm sure. And... For what it's worth, from what I've learned, uh, Skaggs was apparently on the run from Harrigan, and that's what made him risk shooting the gullet, as it were. He didn't make it through because of the, the, uh, the, the, the whatchamacallits. That's a very fascinating story, Devoth, but I doubt very much it's why you paid me a visit today. Ah, no, indeed. Uh, this is actually more from uh, my chip surgeon here. He, I believe he had something he wanted to uh, talk with you about. She turns to Leon. She says, ah, yes, I remember meeting you at the council meeting. Your name is Leon. Yes, that is correct. It's nice to meet you again. She bows her head. She says, likewise. I believe last we talked, you had mentioned that you had evidence that pertained to Chelish spies. I do. I am the self-styled authority on Chelish spies here in the Shackles. There is a strong possibility that Barnabas Harrigan might be somewhat connected to Cheliax. I was wondering if it would be okay if I was to join you in looking over some of that material, see if we might find something new together. Sure. Uh, she she looks a little taken aback and uh, grows very serious and says, that's quite the accusation, even coming from a it's, pirate lord. I, I would not even call it an accusation yet. It's just a possibility, a conspiracy theory, if I, we would need to know a lot more before I would be willing to call it an accusation. And she uh, she kind of looks around at the lot of you who are who are there and and says, uh, "So you've uh, so you've come to you've come to rejoin the chase for Chelish spies." I see. Very well. And she stands up and she says, "Follow me, please." And she brings you into another room. Uh, has a lot of bookshelves and maps and it, it her conspiracy room and uh oh, perfect i'll stand thank you <laughs> <laughs> she shares her evidence with you her you know all, all the stuff that she's got i'm sorry so so while this is happening scram is out buying scrolls right that's what he's doing yeah it'll take you guys quite a while to go through all of this uh so Scram, is there anything that you were planning to do when you were finished with buying those scrolls? Uh, I'd probably start immediately trying to uh, scribe them into uh, my book. So, Okay, I believe it's a full day of scribing for a fourth it's level It's eight spell. hours, correct? Right, yeah, it's yeah. an eight-hour day. Right. Um, okay, so you would just get right into that. Meanwhile, uh, we, have a, uh, we have a montage of the rest of the group spooling through deciphered codes, intercepted messages. I'll, I'll get the obvious stuff out of the way first. So you're reacquainted through this whole uh, expedition of the spy ring run by Zarsky Galambar. 
out of the Jasper Leaf Apothecary in Port Peril. From her investigation of the apothecary after the evidence was brought to Tessa, uh, even though Zarsky escaped, she she you know left some stuff behind. Tessa was able to identify some other members of this ring, uh, including someone named Hayden Pike out of Tempest K, Varid out of Quent, Elias Fairhaven, and Rowena Kellett out of Hell Harbor. In the notes, it's listed that Zarskia is currently location unknown. She fled from Port Peril. Hayden Pike died in mysterious circumstances. He was found dead in his house. Uh, Varid, location unknown. And it's noted that even Zarskia's notes uh, say that she doesn't know where he is or what happened to him. Uh, he seemed to have disappeared uh, several months before Devoth even began infiltrating the apothecary. Elias Fairhaven, location unknown. Uh, when Tessa sent people to go find her, her home was already ransacked and she was missing. Uh, and Rowena Kellett died in mysterious circumstances. Her body was found floating in the harbor of Hell Harbor. Tessa says, my my best guess is after Zarskia knew that she was found out, she did her best to uh, tie up any loose ends, which probably meant killing anybody that she was associated with and ending the spy ring. Looks like some people might have gotten away from her, and if that's the case, I very much doubt they're uh, going to look for refuge in the shackles. So if they're still within our borders, we currently don't know their whereabouts, but looks like Zarskia did some damage control after she was found out. Then there's another uh, another bit of evidence it was part of a message that was intercepted and then deciphered. Is kind of like a tiny piece of a letter that was that was going somewhere, and it was like the only bit of it that they were able to obtain. Uh, and it says it was addressed to Zarskia, sender unknown. Uh, and it says we are seeking help from the source of lies, but his prices are steep. You guys can give me a either a knowledge planes or a knowledge religion check. Knowledge Planes is the higher DC. I got a 34. That's a 16 for Devoth. 19 for Cheryl. Nobody seems to know who that is except for Leon, who knows that the source of lies is one of the monikers of Garion, who is an an archdevil. That's that's Garion, an archdevil, isn't it? Tessa says, oh, um... I've, I mean, I've heard of Garion. I didn't realize that was one of his titles. So, Leon, you know that he is uh, he's the Archdevil of Forbidden Lore, Heresy, and Snakes. He rules the fifth layer of hell, which is like a giant swamp. She says, well, if if that's the case, that's that makes this message very concerning indeed. That means that whatever plans are are being hatched to do with the shackles, they're to the point where they're involving an archdevil. Such a powerful ally could provide any sort of, any number of aids to the to whatever they're planning to do. That's concerning indeed. It's troubling. Uh, moving forward with going over evidence. You, you see that there's, there's a small bit in her collection uh, dedicated to Aranax and Demian. And you know that he's one of the pirate lords of the shackles he is the the one the one who defected from chelyx uh when when you guys get to this bit of evidence tessa like tessa lets you like go through it and then she she says i personally don't think aranax is a spy but it's hard to argue against the weight of circumstantial evidence against him he's from chelyx he loves chelish culture he's in a position to easily help snuggle smuggle spies in and out of the shackles Snuggle. (laughs) Shush you. The the underground cuddle road. (laughs) He's in a position to easily help smuggle spies in and out of the shackles. And, you know, he he enjoys just as many freedoms and privacies as you or I do. So if, if that was his, if that was his desire... You know, it would be all too easy for him to to hide it. I find it unlikely, but it's still something that 
I don't think should be ignored on the subject. And you do eventually find a little bit of information on Keith Assault Spray. It seems like Tessa started keeping tabs on her once she became a free captain, which wasn't super long ago. And really all she's got on her is that she is that Keitha used to be a slaver under Dravalia Throne. Uh, you guys can make a knowledge nobility or knowledge geography on that. That's a 12 geography. 36 geography. Seven. So what does Leon know? Well, Devoth definitely recognizes that name. It's the name of the captain that spooked Holliger Helmworthy uh, back when he was being freed from the branded chain. So Ivan would uh, know that one too, right? Yeah, well, I don't know if Ivan obsessed over it the same way that Devoth did. I've, Ivan might recognize the name, but yeah, Devoth definitely has, has probably been kept up more than one night remembering how Helmworthy was uh, had the advantage, was ready to take out Keith Assault Spray and uh, you know win the day, and all of a sudden this other ship showed up uh, that Helmworthy identified as belonging to Dravalia Thrun and just left like Keith Salisbury and her crew were tied up on the main deck and Helmworthy just left them there everybody got in his ship and they just left right okay Leon knows that Dravalia Thrun is the is an admiral in the Chelish Navy and she's the cousin of Queen Abigail II the queen of Chelix. Leon you would know that the Thrunes have ruled Chelix for quite a long time. There's there's like a big civil war uh, a, a ways back, and the family of Thrun at the end of that civil war were the ones was the family that kind of inherited rulership of Chelix, and that's also when the devil worshiping started. So on on that note, and it looks like that's kind of like the the last of uh. Of Tessa's evidence, oh, and like circling back to the evidence that you guys got from uh, the Jasper Leaf Apothecary is you you had like all of those uh, communications between Zarskia and someone back in Chelix, and it kept referencing somebody who was like our man or our pirate, but the person's never named. Uh, well, what was the theoretical proof that we had against Harrigan? What what would what initially made us go, huh? It was uh Skaggs's letter and it said, I've discovered his secret, but now I must run because he's discovered mine. And I think once after reading that, Nick said, calling it right now, Barnabas Harrigan is a chelish spy. It was Nick okay. who was onto the case first. I remember that. Do we do we have the letter that letter still? I mean, probably, especially if, like, following that conversation was when you guys decided to go give Tessa a visit, so I'm sure one of you kept that letter for this occasion. Okay. Let's show Tessa that letter. Well, it's like a whole journal, but yeah, you'd show her that entry, and she reads it, and she kind of, like, does that, like, head bob shrug gesture. She goes, well, well, I suppose it's not impossible. All things considered, it's not exactly enough evidence to make a case one way or another all pirates have their secrets i suppose but as i said it's definitely not impossible for barnabas to be this spy and oh like the other thing that you guys discussed during that discussion was that his the his growing fleet you know came came about with uh, a recent uh successful uh raiding raids that he's done on the cellist shipping lanes we know it's shaky. We certainly want to figure out what exactly the secret is. We have more digging to do, but those two pieces were enough to make make us kind of scratch our heads and think it's a possibility. She nods and she says, I agree. It is definitely a possibility. It's what I would do, honestly, if, if I was uh, to supply a spy of mine behind enemy lines with, with reinforcements. It'd be the best way to ensure that they get to him under the circumstances so there's definitely something to that uh again it's there's no substantial evidence but if if you were to uh if you were to confront harrigan you would certainly have my support now on that subject uh based on what you said it 
it's clear that you're aware that he is amassing a fleet, probably to attack and kill you. Have you begun building a fleet of your own? Well, <laughs> I do have the uh, the two ships currently under me. I've got uh, Sandata, who we just raised to free captain, and uh, that other guy, Knuckles Gripe, who used to be the first mate for uh, Isabella Inkskin. And uh, we did just get, as I said, we found four new ships. Well, not new, but four ships that are new to me at uh, Diggins Jaws that had been... I guess their crew had all been killed. So <laughs> now I've got four new ships, and um, that's one of the reasons that we're in Quint. We need to uh, get them staffed up. You're, you're not going to throw down your uh, ace in the hole, your Cyclops ship? Oh, I forgot about the Cyclops I, I would be bragging <laughs> about that, too. Oh, and I, I don't know if you remember, but uh, from the party, I've got those, uh, those Cyclops that are sailing for me, too. So that'll those be a big help. First sailing Cyclops. That's scary. That really would be terrifying. Could you imagine, like, was... a boat being sailed by Cyclopses? I mean, they don't have any goddamn depth perception. We sent them out to the seas with one eye apiece. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> That's why Lemon's with them. <laughs> yeah, he's got two eyes. Yeah, Two perfect. tiny, beady vermin eyes. This'll go well. He's an exceptional sail. Actually, he's no... He's not that vermin eyes! Okay yeah, like, yeah, Lemon's there to sail the ship, and, uh... <laughs> The Cyclops are just there to be intimidating. So Tessa uh, smiles at your you, you, the, your cataloging of all the ships that you have, and she says, would you like five more? Oh, um, don't appear excited. <laughs> we don't need them. Don't sell your soul. I would be lying if I said no, but uh, what's the price? The price is allowing me to help rid the shackles of Chalish Spies. Oh, easy price. <laughs> the price is right, huh? 15 right. cents motive. Actually, yeah, that that sounds like a pretty damn good deal. That's, so, uh That's a yeah. Let's see here. That's a 26 cents motive for Devoth. We all we all doing the sense motive. I'm sensing motives. Oh. <laughs> one. Some of us aren't. 29. You're not sensing any sort of deceit. There might even be a moment where you guys like it's just like the room is silent and you guys are kind of like looking at her and she she notices and shrugs and says look i know we're all supposed to be playing our own games and weaving webs of intrigue but at the end of the day i need my country safe and devoth you've proven yourself to be more than capable of uh, setting a goal for yourself and meeting that goal now i'm not giving you these ships this is a squadron under my under my banner. I I will allow you to use this squadron if and when you decide to go up against Harrigan. How many ships does she have, like, in her armada? I assume dozens. Yeah, dozens. Well, okay, what's that? Like dozens can be twenty four, it could be a hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. We don't You're know right. exactly, it could be. but it's a lot. <laughs> well, th- I will say that the shackles is not where I was born, not where I was raised, but I have to say, in the short time that I've been a pirate here, I've gained more family than I ever had in the 27 years of life I had before this. So, I'm definitely willing to defend my home, especially against those slaving bastards of Cheliax. So, if our theory proves out to be right, and even if it doesn't, I think we're going to be a lot better off without Barnabas Harrigan sailing around. So, yes, Tessa, I accept your help. She nods her head and says, I'm glad. And as you said, if this turns out to be a red herring, well, I don't have any special allegiances to Barnabas Harrigan, and I don't have any special allegiances to anyone who does have an allegiance to Barnabas Harrigan. So I'll consider it, if nothing else, a favor for a friend. I I like the sound of that. Is there anything else I can help you with today? Maybe point me to the best bar in town so I can start staffing up my ships. She says, well, I would recommend just hitting up the the strip, uh, the main thoroughfare right next to the docks. It's it's always extremely lively. And we're having chowder fest tonight. So, so one gold piece gets you all the chowder that you could possibly want. <laughs> oh, mistakes were made. <laughs> I hear a competition coming. <laughs> 
Oh, oh God, man. who can ingest? The toilets are going to be chunky. <laughs> who can ingest the most chowder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to vomit it out going exactly, looking exactly how it went in. <laughs> we thank Tessa for her time and the information. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, head off to the strip. Get some chowder and some new crew. And some infamy. All right, cool. Why don't you guys give me an infamy check? I assume you uh, you meet up with Scram at some point. Or if is... we have to. Scram's on the ship. That's true, actually. Scram would be scribing that scroll of uh, Dimensional Anchor. I, w- uh, I actually am going to do the, uh, the first level spell first, because I think that only takes, what, an hour? Two hours. Two hours. So you can get that scroll, and then you can get partway through the next scroll. It- or actually, no, because you've got the Ring of Sustenance, and I think we said that... That kind of ignores part of that limitation. Yeah, yeah I right, only need fine. two hours of sleep. All right, so Scram's just going to spend the rest of the day scribing. So what do we got for Intimidate Checks? So I'd need one from Cheryl, but it looks like Ivan and Leon both assisted successfully. So Cheryl, give me the Intimidate Check. 24, natural 20, I'm the greatest. <laughs> nice. Uh, to go with DeVos, 34, three successes makes it up to a 40. Uh, and for inf- Infamy, it is um, DC 15 plus party level times 2, which is 22. So DC is 37. That's a pass. Nice. So you get telling you get to tell in the tale about uh, going to Dagon's jaws. Yeah, shooting the gullet. Uh, shooting the gullet. And so you, you get that Infamy point. And you're go. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and add an extra infamy point because Ooh. the news of the maskador shooting the gullet and not only making it out the other side, but also leaving the islands with four additional ships as well as rescuing a crew that had been shipwrecked there already. Uh, it's quite the tale. So you guys get two infamy from that, and nice. Your chowder fest turns into. Sign up for the Mascador crew because everybody wants to man those four ships for you. Uh, Hell yeah. So you just, you get like a line of recruits like just looking to sign up and be part of Devoth's crew because that like, it's it's kind of like, it's like a local legend that you just uh, bested with shooting the gullet. Nice. And also with with that Two added to our infamy score. We are now above thirty, so we are now notorious. We're we got a new oh, tier. Gee. Um, so uh, we now have we can choose a second favored port, which is what's uh, our first favored port? It's um our first favored port is Sanghor. <laughs> what? It's not the when one we, we pick stole that? the table from. No, that's uh, Blood that was Coast. Blood Cove. Sanghor was like a really big city, even south of that. Uh, for our next favorite port, uh, I'm gonna make that port Peril. Yeah, that's the good one. And Ooh, what make <clears throat> make a Shark Spain Island. <laughs> and what <laughs> then? What the favorite port does is it gives us a plus two bonus on infamy checks in that port. And because yes. we are now notorious, that increases to a plus four. Ooh. Oh, sick! So we have a plus four on yeah. infamy checks in Sanghor and in Port Peril. Nice. Yeah, we're not. We're never going back to Sanghor. Probably not. <laughs> You guys are having a pretty successful night, and I, I imagine, like, after it became clear, like, just how much uh, recruiting that you guys can get done, uh, you probably, like, set up, like, a like a table at the docks or something, like, just, like, off the map. A sign-up sign sheet, and everyone's like, yep, yep, you get, like, a line down the street. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Devoth is down there, like, supervising that, and, Devoth, you are approached by a well-dressed man. And uh, he uh, he walks up to Devoth, and he holds out his hand, and he says, Captain Devoth, my name is Chambros Igrosia, first mate of the Tyrannus. Uh, do I know the Tyrannus? Are you going to shake his hand? I mean, I will, but I want to just, I want to know what I'm shaking. <laughs> Knowledge local. <laughs> Ugh, screw that. I'm taking my 20 for a 26. All right. It is the flagship of Aranax and Demian. Like, oh, you're Aranax's first mate. Shy shake his hand. Good to meet you. Where is the old codger? He says, well, Captain, uh, if it pleases you, he's uh, 
He's aboard his ship on the other side of the harbor, awaiting an audience with you. Any idea what what for? What about? He didn't tell me, but he did instruct me as a show of good faith to present you with this. And he hands you a small wooden chest. And he, he continues, as a gift of solidarity. All right. I take it and take a peeky inside. Uh, you see 200 platinum Snakes. Pieces. Oh. Oh. So it's just, uh, yeah, here. Here's 2,000 gold. Uh, come visit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll, like, I'll open up the chest a bit, see that in there, and close it be like, good show of faith. Before, he, <laughs> while he was opening the, that money, I'd like to detect magic on it. Okay, uh, you detect magic, and uh, there is no magical aura. Uh, and I'll I'll just just for the sake of uh, painting the picture, it's getting to like mid to late evening. It's like sun's been going down. Everyone's full on chowder. I'll have uh, you know Ivan and Leon keep doing what they're doing, keep signing people up, and I'll tell Chambros like, very well, uh, lead the way, and I'll kind of hand the chest to like. Uh, to Leon as well. I'll be like, go put that away. Are you sure you don't want somebody to... Yeah, I was just thinking that. I doubt Theranax is going to be bold enough to kill me in another Pirate Lord's port. When there's That's this... That's not really what I'm worried about. you got a big mouth, Devoth. <laughs> <laughs> and I smile. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's... Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Leon, come on. Cheryl, stay here with Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I hand the chest of money off to somebody else. Okay, so... Cheryl and Ivan remain at the like the sign up station, uh, manning that, and uh, Devoth and Leon get led to the Tyrannus, and we'll pick it up there next week. Oh no! All right, all right. See ya. I'm ready. All right. See ya. See ya. Oh, Inquisitor. Cheryl, perfect. <laughs> <Jeff>. <laughs> the Inquisitor. Oh, Cheryl's an Inquisitor. Cheryl's. Who is Steve the Pirate? <laughs>